I'm Laura from Catalyst Inc Connect. Welcome to another episode of Succeed in Business, Springboard Northern Ireland's most powerful personalised accelerator programme. Shares everything you need to know and didn't know you didn't know. Everything you need to know to establish, grow and scale your business successfully. Springboard, accelerating innovation through experience. We are here today with Patricia Flanagan, who's been working in the area of design thinking for the past eight years. And the topic of today's podcast is, can design thinking help entrepreneurs? So to kick off with Patricia, we're going to ask first, what is design thinking exactly? Okay, well, design thinking is a process, a five-staged process with a basis in empathy with the user of the product or service that you are designing. It is a way of thinking, it's a mindset, it's an approach. Um, Some of the underlying principles of it are um, being optimistic that you can find a solution to what we would call a wicked problem. The user is critically important in the design thinking process. We spend a lot of time considering the needs of the user at the outset and right through the entire process. So give us a little example, Patricia, of design thinking. If somebody has no idea what design thinking is, paint a little picture. Give us a little case study of what design thinking looks like for somebody who's entering into it. Okay, well, it starts, as I've said, with a problem that you want to solve. That's the beginning of the process. Stage one of the process is empathy. Okay, as an example of, I'm work currently working on using the design thinking process with a group of people who are interested in finding new ways for 16 to 18 year olds to find employment in Northern Ireland. So that's a huge problem. The empathy stage involved us gathering insights from those young people. So going out into the field, finding the 16 to 18 year olds who are struggling with the employment issue, talking to them, asking them um, about the challenges that really f- they feel they face. It is not about us assuming that we understand what they think. It's actually going out and asking those questions in a way that allows them to tell us the truth, observing how they interact in the field, that piece of, of um, engaging at a very emotional level with your user. So you are then, once you've gathered those, that data and insight, you redefine the problem and come back and look at it again and go, am I really solving the right problem? This challenge is a big overarching problem. So what we do then is we break that down into a subset of smaller problems. So it may be that these young people feel that their school experience was very negative. So we turn that into a different challenge. So how might we improve a school experience for young people? That opens us up to a whole opportunity to ideate, which is the next phase of the design thinking process. We move into what we call um, sort of the mad ideation phase, where we're allowed to generate as many ideas as possible to solve the problem. Um, then we move to prototyping, um, which is building f- solutions. So we build a solution in a way that we can present back to the user, usually with very cheap materials, um, nothing expensive, nothing elaborate, just very cheaply to be able to tell people the story of our solution, then go back to the user and give them the opportunity to interact with that solution, get feedback from them again, and then potentially go back through the process. The design thinking process is iterative, um, so at any stage you can go back again, so we can go back to gathering further insights, we can go back into the ideation phase, um, but until we find the neatest solution, the solution that best meets the needs of the user, 
all through the process, the sort of underlying principles are this, the concept of what we call divergent and convergent thinking. So divergent thinking is whenever you allow yourself to think very widely about the problem. So it's a bit like, if you visualize it as like a, a shower head. So if you allow yourself to be in a situation where you will think about lots and lots of ideas, it's like a really big shower head with loads of ideas coming down. You get lots of water. And the wider the shower head, the bigger the number of ideas that you can get. But then to converge, you visualize it like a funnel. So the water's all going into a funnel and the best ideas come out the bottom of the funnel. So that's the process, and we use it at every stage through the five stages, steps of the process. We use that divergent and convergent thinking, and we come up with, the user has been involved right from the outset. There's an, um, an engagement with their emotion. So um, a lot of processes don't actually consider the emotion or the reaction of the user. The design thinking process really is, uh, has a big focus then on that emotional interaction of the user with the product or service and can be used to design either products or services and in fact is used extensively um, for the development of both. You said five steps. What are the five steps? So the first one you mentioned was empathy. empathy. The second is define, which is where you define the problem. Make sure you're solving the right problem. Um, again, quite often what happens is people solve the wrong problem and then wonder why there is no innovation. Um, but it's a really important that you spend time at that define the problem. The next stage is ideation. The fourth step of the process is to prototype. And the fifth stage is test. The design thinking process also always has uh, a bias towards action. So it's extremely important that we move through the process but come to an end point where we actually do something. So it's come up with a solution that is implementable, not just as people maybe think, you know, an awful lot of post-its going on a wall and nothing happens. There is a bias towards action. What makes it fairly powerful uh, in designing either a product or a service is that you're involving the, the customer, mm -hmm. stroke the user, mm -hmm. throughout the process. Yeah. And trying to get into their mindset and trying to walk in their shoes so that you don't forget that you it's purposeful design, that you're designing for somebody, not just for the sake of it. It's about having conversations with end users. It's about observing them in their own environment and seeing how they really interact with product. It's about observing the problem in real life um, and being open, having a very open mind about what a solution might be. Quite often we go along with a, you know, we have a solution, we have an idea for a product, we try to make the user match the product. What this says is, we know there's a problem, we want to solve it, um, and we will take a different approach to it. I think you mentioned quite an important concept as far as design thinking is concerned, and that's that uh, I guess you're also getting the feedback from an emotional perspective yes. from your customers, mm -hmm. stroke users, mm -hmm. uh, and it's not always a scientific uh, decision to buy, and again, relating back to entrepreneurs and building either a service or a product, which they need mm -hmm. to receive revenue from. Yeah. It's not always a scientific method. Well, if it does this X percent better than something else, we will buy it. There's yeah. also that emotional response. Yes, that's um, that's a critically important part of the design thinking process, just as a, a point on that Airbnb use design thinking. Um, and in 2009, the organization was low profit levels. Um, and one of the things that they did was they realized that a lot of the photographs that were been put up for Airbnb were, were actually of very, very poor quality. And 
that didn't appeal to the user of the site. So what they did was they hopped over to New York, they took the photographs themselves, they upgraded the way that the photographs were taken, and in a matter of a number of weeks, they professionalized the photographs, and that resulted in, they doubled their sales, getting inside the mindset of the user, understanding what they want, knowing that they need to see a high-quality photograph. They then adopted the principle for lots of different parts of their business, and one of the very simple things that they did that is that emotional connection. They used to have a star rating on Airbnb, but if you look at it, they've now changed that to a heart because people felt better um, whenever they pushed a heart button rather than a star button about something, the place that they had stayed in. But again, you know, that was just from understanding the user, uh, getting inside their mindset and realising that that actually had a dramatic impact. For clarity, it isn't just about designing a nice aesthetic mm looking product, it's about holistically designing the whole product, mm -hmm. which uh, really then fits into that opportunity, the problem which the customer actually has. Mm -hmm. Your typical entrepreneur, if they go, if, you know, if they're, if they're listening to various different mentors, they go into different mm -hmm. workshops, they're potentially involved in, in, in different programs, there's a lot of stuff thrown at them. Mm -hmm. So you've got design thinking, mm -hmm. you've got things like Lean Launchpad, you've got um, things like uh, Business Model Canvas, where does design thinking fit into all of this? Is it complementary? Is it um, in addition to that? Is it instead of it? What do you think? I don't think it's instead of it. I think it's all entirely complementary. I think that when you read some of the, you know, the, the people who've been doing design thinking and have it embedded in their companies for a lifetime, um, it really can be very useful to drive continuous innovation. So quite often you start off, a company will realise I need to you know, get a new product to market and they will maybe bring in an advisor or somebody that will assist them with the design thinking process. And with that, they will see, uh, you know, there may be develop a new product, take it to market and there's a peak in sales. Um, where it really is effective and where it works really, really well is where it's completely embedded in the culture and it takes time to master, you know, design thinking. And quite often as well inside organisations, you'll see, you know, innovation is seen as something that the R&D department do. Um, uh, the design thinking process says take it across the whole company, allow everybody who works there to be involved in that design thinking process. You know, it'll be n not necessarily an R&D team in Airbnb who come up with the idea that we should change this click to this, but it's somebody who's in touch with the user. So creating those kind of, allowing everybody inside an organization. So in that sense, it is, it's a mindset inside an organization. It's a culture. Um, when it becomes embedded as a way of thinking, it it's less of the the process becomes innate and it is embedded right into the culture of the organization and people just start using it on a day-to-day -day basis it it puts the user at the the center of everything that you do as an organization so it doesn't do away with the need for all of the other business tools those are all obviously important to the the running of an organization to any business but the design thinking is when we describe it as a process for it to be really effective it get, it's embedded into the culture of an organization. It becomes your way of doing it. Um, and that's where it seems to be at its best. So in your opinion, Patricia, do you think design thinking is just another passing fad? No, actually, I really don't. Um, I, you know, looking around, it's, it, it's, been, it's been very heavily used, obviously, in, by IDEO and the D School and all of that in the States for the last... Well, almost 30 years, so I don't think it's a fad. Um, I think that 
in Northern Ireland, there's beginning to be a lot more conversation around it and more people are becoming interested in it. It's there's a reluctance to some extent because we believe we're not creative. There's a kind of, a, you know, the creative people are those, there's still this idea that this, because of the word design maybe, that it's for those people who are creative and in the traditional sense. But actually, my view very much is that we are all creative. We've all got the ability to think differently and that creativity is like a muscle. So it's almost like something that the more you exercise, the better you get at it. Um, we tend not to do it so much as we go through our standard education and we leave it to those people that we perceive to be creative. But in my view, what I see is that we've all got the ability to be creative. It's about making unusual connections. It's about seeing opportunities everywhere you go. It's about opening your eyes and just on every occasion seeing opportunities to do things differently. That's the mindset that is a pr an underlying principle of design thinking. So for that reason, I don't think of it as a fad. I think of it as just a way of being, that once you start um, being engaged in the design thinking process, you become much more observant. You become much more aware of challenges and of things that could be done differently. You see opportunities everywhere you look for things to be done differently. And then you have a process um, to work through methodically that will help you to generate new ideas. It's not just for left-handed people. It's definitely not just for left-handed people. <laughs> I, w I was going to ask, so, you know, realistically, when should I consider using design thinking? Mm. But I think from what you're saying is it's sort of a methodology. Mm. It becomes ingrained in yes. what you're doing yeah. if you continuously do it. Mm -hmm. And the concept design thinking, if, if, if you do it properly, can just form part of your thought pattern on a, on a, on a daily basis for yeah. pretty much anything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's that that you can apply it to any part of your life, to any part of your work. There's almost like a language associated with it of how might we, in what ways, what if. Those are the kinds of phrases. And you find yourself, once you start doing it, you find yourself using those phrases about everything. So it's, it is that um, to be used daily, it's not... Again, it's that idea. It's not for something that happens inside the, you know, you don't have to go into an office to be a design thinker. You don't have to sit, you know, closed in in a, in a box to be. It is something that you can do anywhere and everywhere that you are. So if you think about it, uh, design thinking really embodies the essence of entrepreneurship. Yes. So a good entrepreneur is somebody who observes jobs that are being done, mm -hmm. but there's a frustration around mm -hmm. not being able to do the job properly or, yeah. or not efficiently mm -hmm. or effectively enough. Mm -hmm. And if you can then observe a number of people, i.e. the market, mm -hmm. who also have the same problem, mm -hmm. then that's, a, mm -hmm. an, that's a, an opportunity yeah. for an entrepreneur. Yeah. And that's sort of the essence of design thinking. That's the start of it. That's the empathy bit. Yeah, there's a clear, and there's a clear link. You know, it's for purpose. I mean, what I've said is the design thinking is for purpose. So the idea is that you can create new solutions to problems, and the solutions are marketable. That they are that they are business propositions. So it's really interesting whenever you um, integrate the design thinking process and entrepreneurship. Um, find people who really want to to see spot challenges, spot opportunities, but then give them the tools to ensure that it meets the needs of the user. It's not just something that they feel. Because um, quite often we come up with a great idea and we think that's my and you know you really believe in it so passionately, but you don't check out to make sure that it's actually got meets the needs of enough users that it's going to be a viable product. Um, and we f what you'll find as well with the process of that empathy and gathering insight is you have to listen to the user really really carefully. Whenever you do standard research, you ask people yes or no questions and they think there's a right answer, 
But in the empathy process for design thinking, there's honesty. Not, uh, they are not there to please you. There's an actually honest reaction to what it is that you're saying. You use the same thing at the later stage of the process. Whenever you're testing products, you put your prototype in front of them and allow them to interact with that prototype, to touch it, to feel it, to go at it, and then give you feedback, um, which will let you know what they really feel about the product. What outcome and benefits can entrepreneurs expect from design thinking? The real benefit that I've seen is that where people have had the opportunity to really be sure that the product that they are developing and bringing to market meets the needs of a group of users, um, that they they get to walk in the footsteps of their client or of their customers, so they get a real insight into what that is like. We call it in the kind of the design thinking process when you've had that interaction with um, with potential clients, it's the moment where you go, ah, I never thought of that before. So the value to an entrepreneur of knowing the thing that they never thought of before, and they're the person who's going to be able to make that real and turn it into a business proposition, can be immense. What's next for our podcast listeners? So how, how do they how do they start this process? How do they say, well, I guess their thought pattern through listening to this is, this is really good. <laughs> this is going to help me a lot. What what next? What do we do? Well, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of, now at the moment. There's a lot of online materials. There's a lot of IDEO themselves have put up like sort of toolkits to introduce people to the principles of design thinking. Um, they're very effective, uh, but there is nothing like doing it. You actually, I mean, we run training programs in design thinking, and recently I've said, look, this is almost like a program with no notes. I cannot give you the complete get, you have to actually experience it. It is experiential learning, you have to do it. So what I would say to anybody is don't overthink it, don't read too much about it. Certainly, you know, inform yourself about the process. There are a lot of really good books out there um, about design thinking, um, but do it. You actually need to get into your room and you need to have a go at it. Um, I encourage people to try it first with something that they're not completely invested in. So it's not their challenge or not their problem. And they come and work with other people from different environments so that you learn the process. It's actually about learning the process and then taking those tools back and using them yourself in your own organization. But it's really important when you're learning it to not feel that you have an answer, uh, to be open-minded and to be willing to consider lots of different answers. So what I would say is, yep, you know, go. There's a lot of materials there. Have a look, but have a go. Most importantly, have a go. Last little question for me before we wrap up. So, if you think about your eight-year journey, what's the single biggest lesson you've learned along the way? For me, it is about being completely open-minded when it comes to meeting with users. We often, or I often, found myself thinking, jumping ahead to solutions and thinking that I might know the answer, um, and that's. R- what I learned was go through each stage of the process and be completely open-minded. Do not try to preempt. Um, if you're going to work in the empathy stage, be there and really listen to what people are saying to you and don't try to force your solution on them. Really listen to what they're saying. So it's the op- just the complete need to be open-minded. Thanks so much for coming in today, Patricia, and chatting us through the design thinking process. I think it'll be a really useful podcast for our entrepreneurs and innovators in our audience so thanks again don't forget to give us your feedback on today's podcast via facebook or twitter at ci connect we look forward to catching up with you all again on our next episode bye for now (laughs)